0: Hello everybody, my name is Nicole, and you are listening to the Coco Chronicles. First off, I would like to welcome you to my very first ever podcast. If I uh, was a little bit more technologically suave, I, uh, I would have like applause behind me and everything else. So anyways, I always wanted to do a blog. And probably about the time I decided to do a blog, well, then that, blogs turned into vlogs and vlogs are now podcasts. I I don't know. I can't keep up. Uh, Life changes at like the speed of sound. It's crazy. Um, You know how stuff changes. My purpose and my desire is to create something. And don't ask me why I'm doing a podcast because I've always hated the sound of my voice. Like, I always feel like I sound, you know, (laughs) and so I just feel though, I can spit out words, but I can't always really, I can say things and I can get it out, but I can't always put it and articulate it onto paper and really like drive my point home. So I'm, I'm hoping maybe this is something that I can do. So we'll see. Um, I chose Coco Chronicles uh, because my dog Coco is very dramatic. And anyone who follows me on Facebook knows that I love to post pictures of my dog Coco because she is dramatic. This is a dog that, like, wants her belly scratched. And at every single moment, as we all know, you know, with COVID, um, I had to work from home. And so I'd be in the middle of a a meeting, uh, and here's my dog walking on my lap and flopping on my chest, and I'm trying to listen, and I need to unmute my mic to comment, and my dog is pawing at my hands because she wants her belly rubbed. Ugh! Well, now I have to transition and go back into the office, and my dog's had such huge anxiety right now, and it's almost making me a little anxious, but... Long story short, I just thought I'd temporarily call this podcast Cocoa Chronicles until I can decide on something more permanent because what I really want to talk about is life and I'm kind of hoping that maybe my story and my journey in life can maybe help other people. I mean, that's why you do a podcast or a blog, right? I'm hoping. Um, Otherwise, we have a lot of narcissists out there. Um, So my background is nursing. I actually went to school. I wanted to be, uh, actually, oh gosh, darn it. Yeah. If I'm going to start, I'm going to start from the beginning. So I went to college. I was involved in sports in high school. I grew up in a small town in North Dakota and, uh, my guidance counselor basically told me when I was like in fifth, sixth grade, I said I wanted to be a fashion designer, choreographer, like I love the arts. And he told me, Mm-mm, no, 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 you follow in your mom's footsteps. So like a good little girl, I listened. Now I grew up in the eighties, graduated mid nineties. So yeah, we listened to our elders and <sighs> shit. You know, I mean, it's, I wish I would have listened to my intuition. Now, that's a huge other subject, but I wish I would have listened to myself and my voice because I did go into the medical profession and it was just something, I struggled in college. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to live life. I wanted to explore. I wanted to live and Unfortunately, because you're in college and you got student loans, you have to choose and you have to choose now. And I chose nursing because my mom was a nurse. And well, I went into nursing. I had a good friend in nursing school that worked at a level one trauma center in downtown Minneapolis at HCMC as, she was a nursing assistant and she's like, she had learned so much over one summer. So my senior, my last year of nursing school, she said, hey, they're looking for somebody else. I applied. I got the job and kind of, I actually went through nursing school, like all of this grosses me out. What the fuck am I going to do? I don't want to be a nurse, like gross. I didn't want to deal with kids. I didn't want to deal with babies. I, what was that? A rectal tube? I mean, like I was grossed out by a lot of it and I think the only reason I succeeded in nursing, and especially, I mean, I walked in and I I took that uh, assistant nurse uh, position at HCMC in the trauma ICU unit. The only reason I think I decided to go into trauma was because about 95% of your patients were sedated and they were knocked out. And so... I kind of convinced myself, I told myself like, okay, these aren't real people. This is a dummy. This is like Hollywood. This is makeup. This isn't real blood. These are not real guts and we are not really cracking open the chest of a real human being. We're not drilling a drill into the skull of a real human being. That's how I got through. I learned to desensitize. I learned to pack that shit down. Um, And, you know, in my 20s, that was all cool and okay. You know, life changes. You get involved in relationships. Your parents get old. Loved ones get sick. People that, you know, they pass away. and, And life becomes a little bit more real. And no longer can I just put everything in that bucket of, it's like Hollywood, it's not real. Eventually, I have to cross a line and I have to go back to reality and I have to feel pain and I have to feel. And suddenly I realized I didn't know fucking how to feel. I didn't know how to feel pain. I didn't know how to feel anything. I couldn't even feel love. Now, that maybe sounds odd, but I had become such a professional at desensitizing that I didn't know how to feel love. I didn't know how to recognize love. I didn't know. And when my grandma passed away, and I had realized it had been such a long time since I even saw her, like I had heard my brother tell me stories about how She would ask, like somebody would walk in a room and she would say, Nicole, like she would remember me. And I just never went up because I could not see somebody I loved get old. It was so hard for me. (laughs) And I missed an opportunity, missed a lot of opportunities actually, because I chose to walk this path of being numb, being... That's just how I got through. I think maybe what triggered it was when I was in nursing school um, and a really, really close friend of mine attempted suicide and I realized how serious it was because I had seen what car accidents could do to a person. I had seen what walking the line between life and death would cause and to hear this person tell me that they attempted, it, it broke my heart. Like, I just, ugh. And so I decided to throw myself, like, into work. I decided I was going to travel. And I'm not going to say I am embracing all of my life experience. I am so, so happy that I did what I did. And I got to live in New York City for free. I did travel nursing and I got I got to meet the most amazing people. New York City is fabulous. It is an adventure and you talk to everybody because you never know What if that person you talked to, they could be your next best friend. They could be your next boyfriend. They could be your next whatever. And so you talked to everyone. And if you didn't feel it, you just walked away. It was no big deal. If you liked the conversation, you slid your phone numbers. You 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 exchanged phone numbers. And then you met up again. I met some really freaking cool people. And that I will never... The year in Manhattan was worth the trauma of, like, going through nursing school and all of that crap. Trust me, I learned a lot uh, when I was in New York. Um, That was harsh. (laughs) Definitely a wake-up call. That being said, I can get to that in some other episode if anyone's interested. But long story short... I ended up deciding to chase a dream. And I don't know if you can hear my one dog is snoring on the couch right now. It's so rude. <laughs> All the fun of a podcast. You can't in a, a blog type dog snoring in parentheses and, and people having people find it funny. Um, so I came back from Manhattan And I was going to become a nurse practitioner. I had already discussed, like, coming back and working in Manhattan under a cardiologist. Um, The problem is, is I took a temp job in Minneapolis over my uh, my, uh, Christmas break when I was in NP school up at the University of North Dakota. And I, you know, I had dated but nothing serious. And then suddenly this guy that I had kind of known from my past, he really started to pursue me. And I started to question, okay, I'm gonna be 30. And you know, maybe it's time for me to consider another option. You know, school will be there. I can apply to different schools. So I decided to put my career on hold and explore love. Or what I thought was love. Because remember, I don't have feelings. So, I thought what I was getting into that this was a real deal. This was love. And and maybe it was. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I really did like, I really did love this guy. I loved him. I loved the person that he was showing me. Long story short. I ended up getting married to the guy. However, I did get sick during our wedding ceremony, and this is my favorite story to tell because it is the nightmare of all nightmares. Um during my our vow exchange, which we wrote our own vows. And you know, hindsight is is what do they it called 20, 2020? 20, 50 I don't know. Um I put on my wedding dress that day and remember looking in the mirror and I got nauseous. I got so nauseous. My brother has a picture of me sitting on the couch in the house that we lived in and I'm about as white as my dress. And I I, I basically, I bought a BCBG cocktail dress. Like I, I didn't, I'm not a traditional person. I never will be and nobody can tell me I need to be that way. But... I wish I would have listened to my fucking gut. When he proposed, I saw the ring and inside this voice was screaming so gall darn loud. No, 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 no. And I shook my head. Yes, I couldn't even say yes. He cried. I did not. Like, come on. Intuition. Hello. So we got married, <laughs> and during our vow exchange, I said I didn't even write my I did not write my own vows. I basically just ad libbed. I, I I didn't know what to say. I I don't know what was going through my head. Like I just was in a different. I just was not in my body. Uh, he's talking to me, telling me about stuff I don't even remember what he said because I leaned in and I said I'm gonna throw up and he looked at me and he said what so here's a side note when I throw up I occasionally like blackout pass out I vagal and I knew like if I try to hold it back and not actually puke I will pass out um it happened when I was in college. I experienced it. Uh, my parents and my brother unfortunately experienced it one evening um, i I got sick up at home and I puked and I passed out and and collapsed between the toilet and the sink uh, my what my mom and my brother tell me like, they thought I was dead, like my pupils were dilated and like they pulled me out of the bathroom. My mom was screaming and and I came through and I was just like, Hey, what's up guys? (laughs) So I vagal. So throwing up is not something that you want that I want to do. All right. Side sidebar ended. So I lean in once again and I say, I'm going to throw up because he knew what that meant. Like I was either, we had a koi koi pond in our backyard. We got married in our backyard in the house that we lived in, Northeast Minneapolis. My parents, his parents, my siblings, or my sibling, his sibling. um, And then I had a couple of friends that were present. My witnesses, my bridesmaid, and then my two dogs, of course, Maddie and Grace, So I figured the second I locked my knees, I would pass out and I could fall into the koi pond and my head could slam on the slate bricks. That's what's going, or the rocks. That's what was going through my mind during his vows. Or I could take off running and puke all over our kitchen into the bathroom. So I chose the ladder. I took off and I threw up. Now, if that isn't a sign, finish the ceremony, we signed a certificate, um, we got married, only for him to cheat on me, six months into our marriage, then lose his job, and then he decided to finish his degree All the time, I had to keep working and working and working and picking up extra shifts and taking a second job. Um, And I never... I tried my hardest with the cheating thing. I did. I gave it my all. I 100%. I gave it a year, but then... Like, suddenly then, it was like, well, his dad's head was sick. And then other stuff kept coming up. Like, he... Burst a a disc in his neck and I couldn't leave him. And then like, as time goes on, then you just can't turn around and just be like, well, I gave you three years and I tried, but I still don't trust you. It. So instead I stuffed and stuffed and stuffed because that's what I do. I'm a stuffer. I I don't want to deal with my personal issues. And I stuffed and I stuffed. And I became reckless, and I became somebody who I didn't even recognize anymore. And when you stuff so much and you don't open up, you explode. you become almost dangerous. Now, how I kept together kept it together for as long as I did, that that's just absolutely amazing. My two friends that were at my wedding, once they realized that I was going to stay and try to make my relationship work, they no longer were my friends. Like, they left. Like, they couldn't stand by me. I lost friends because I stayed in that marriage. I, once I broke up the marriage, I also lost friends because it, narcissism is so toxic. And when I found out that this, another side of his side of the story and his stuff was, he was calling my friends. He had pulled phone records. We had a joint, you know, we were married. We had the same phone plan. He started calling people that were on my, my phone, um, my, the bill, the numbers. And the people who have stood by me they know my truth, and they know the truth. And the people who left, well, then it made me sad because I lost a lot of friends. And with that, around the time I filed for divorce, my grandma had passed, and I never got to say goodbye to her. The last time I saw her was actually when I got married and at the uh reception that I held up in my hometown she was there my great aunt was there <sighs> i know you can't change the past but you got to listen to your intuition i never got to say goodbye to my grandma and when i finally decided to pull the trigger into my divorce, I was already like, I had so much mental pain going on, like emotional pain. I threw myself into work. I was working 16 hours. I was working 50 hours a week in in ICU as a nurse, I was leaving work at 8 PM only to turn around and go back to work at 3 AM and work 16 hours. I burnt myself out. And I started to not even recognize who I was anymore. I needed stuff to help me sleep. I'd come home. I'd drink a bottle of wine because that's what I needed to chill the F out. I just saw someone shoot blood across a room and I needed something because my husband didn't want to hear about it. Just leave work at work. No, you don't understand. It doesn't work that way. I started to start. I started bubbling over. And I needed someone to talk to, and he couldn't be there for me to talk. He had to run off. Oh, and go to the... Oh, (laughs) I apologize. He had to run off with his friend, and on a Friday-Saturday night, instead of staying home with me because I had the weekend off, he had to go out. Or maybe if I did work, he still went out, and he wouldn't come home until 3 in the morning four in the morning, and I would call his cell phone multiple times because he knew I was a trauma nurse. He knew. I know what happens. I've seen drunk driving accidents. I've seen people hit their head. I've seen it. Him not responding to any of my phone calls, all I could think about was what he was with somebody else. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. That I'll never know. But I knew in my gut of guts that our relationship was was done, it was gone. And I was just basically going through the motions because I was terrified to be alone. I had not seen my family. I always went to see his family. And that was the other thing. I loved his parents. I loved his sister and her kids. And I had to lose them as well. That was a loss. So I cut my ties I thought I could stay in Minneapolis, but I really couldn't. It was just because I was, I would turn around and it was just like, he knew where I was going to be. I would see him or somebody that knew him. And suddenly it was just, and then my friends, like I could go and do something and he would call my friends and my friends would be all like, well, what's the true story? What's going on? And it really just broke my heart. So I ended up leaving Minneapolis. I went back to my hometown, stayed with my parents for a couple of months. And to be all honest, I was a flippin' mess. I was such a hot mess. Like, if I could have won, I would have won first. I'm sure I could have won first prize in the biggest hot mess that you could have. Because that I was at a breaking... I was... Yeah, I was bad. And at some point, I'm more than willing to go into detail on that because I was circling a drain and I knew I was circling a drain. I, unfortunately, I trusted somebody who was uh, somebody I knew from high school who was very nice and kind. He was a counselor here in uh, the Fargo-Moorhead area. And he's like, come speak with me. Well, oh God, I got burned by him. Now, how do you get burned by a medical professional. Like I just boarded up and just shut down basically. I took a job uh in the FM area as a nurse and my dad got sick. Like 6 months after I got my job, my brother and I were sitting at a restaurant and My parents call, and we're talking to them. We're about to order food. And we get this phone call, and it's my brother's talking to my dad, and all of a sudden, my John hangs up the phone, and he looks at me, and he's like, Dad got sick. Find out that my dad starts throwing up all over the place. He had a bowel obstruction. Um, Ended up going to the hospital in Grand Forks which was awful, got him transferred to Fargo. And I was a, I was working a shift, and I found out I was charting on my patients, and I overhear the two residents and the trauma surgeon talking about, oh, my God, look at the size of that mass, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're kind of laughing about it. And I looked over, and... I saw my dad's name. They were talking about my dad. I think... Oh, gosh. It was maybe two months later. My boss kind of got pissy at me because I had my phone on me, and we weren't supposed to have our phones. But I kept my phone on me because my dad was sick, and he was going through chemotherapy. And I lost it on her. Like... She started like, oh God, I had, I, one nurse disappeared and his patient woke up. The propofol was out and this guy was reaching for his ET tube. I went and if you, 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 at the time, if you pull the drug, you had to scan it. And I'm like, I didn't have time to flip and scan it. At the same time, my guy is circling the drain and dying. I hung a propofol bottle. I didn't scan it. I just hung the bottle just to get the guy to remain intubated because he would have died if he would have pulled his tube out. he That's just a no-no. Couldn't get a hold of this nurse. Whatever. I go back to doing my thing. So my nurse manager pulls me in and she's like, did you pull this bottle of propofol? Yes, I did. Well, you didn't document it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I pulled it. Yes, I was in a hurry. I had two very sick patients. No one is around like a patient's ready to pull out their ET tube. What the F do you want me to do? And then she started in with the whole, I'm distracted because of my dad. I took off my pager and I'm, that was it. I said, I'm fucking done. I'm out. I'm just can't fucking do it anymore. There's no staff in this hospital. There's no help. The doctors are awful. The doctors are avoiding talking to the patients. And I found out my dad had cancer because I overheard the residents and a surgeon talking about my dad's case and they didn't know fucking done over it. That's how I left the medical profession. Do I regret it? No. Do I miss the money? Yes. (laughs) And now here I've been, I thought I was going to be able to move on and create this new wonderful life. And I've been here still in the FM area taking care of my parents, trying to survive. My two dogs then passed away about, mm, let's say I left my job. My dad went through his chemo. My dad finished his, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'll take that back. So my dad finished his chemo. Three months later, my first dog, my my dogs were, I took my dogs and my clothes. That's all I took in the divorce. My first dog died uh, suddenly. Um, and you know when you're a nurse, then what the fuck do you do for a living? So I took a job that was like 13,50 an hour after making 45 bucks an hour in Minneapolis. I was doing that. Ouch. Um, and then, so my first dog died in June. My mom got diagnosed with breast cancer in August. My second dog died in September. And here I am. Now I have a better job, but that's my past story. It is ugly, ugly, ugly. It is just like a a dead flipping person. It is the body laying in an ICU bed. That is my past. how ironic is that, that my story, my past is just like a person laying in an ICU bed. And I'm pretending that it's still not real. That's Hollywood. So I'm hoping that by doing a podcast, maybe I can give myself some relief and I can help anybody else who is going through this thing that we call life. So thank you for listening. I'm going to wrap it up and... Let's see if this works. Please let me know what you guys think. As always, thank you for listening. My little Coco, I finally put her to sleep with all my chit-chat. And uh, thank you guys. We'll talk soon.